Welcome to the Close Knit Podcast, a podcast that showcases fiber artists from around the world. You're listening to episode 14, and this week I spoke to Jacinta of Plump Co. Jacinta is a knitter who developed Plump Co., a company that sells beautifully giant felted yarn made in New Zealand. Growing up in New Zealand and studying textiles there, Jacinta became enamored with all the incredible fiber around her and the community she lived in, so she sought to make a product that really celebrated her community and this beautiful resource. We talk about her love of all things tactile, how she began her business, and the roller coaster that running your own small business can be. Listen on for our whole chat. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, it's Ani of Close Knit, and I'm here with Jacinta of Plump & Co. Hey, Jacinta. Hi. <laughs> how are you going? Good, thanks. Good. So I'm over in Hobart, and you're in New Zealand. Which part? I live in Hamilton. <laughs> where is the future? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's what, 8, 8 p.m. your time? Or not quite, 7 p.m. your time? 6 o'clock my time. Just yep. kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> my time zones, calculations are not very good. No. Um, where is Hamilton? Can you um, tell me? So <laughs> there's kind of an ongoing joke about Hamilton and um, New Zealand. It's like the little baby brother of Auckland because it's just below Auckland. So everyone okay. thinks that just bogans and gross people live here. But um, it's actually not that bad. And I really want to work on, you know, bringing more creative friends here and making it a really awesome place to live, which it will happen. Mm. And um, yeah, we're like an hour and a half away from Auckland and it's super close. Most people think that it's like hours away if they'll, because Aucklanders just don't like Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's where we're, I'm based. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is Plump and Co. Creative Makers Retreat 2017 Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I've just invited myself. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you and all my other Instagram friends can come. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've done this on like every podcast where I'm like, so I'm going to come to wherever it is that you are. <laughs> We're going to have a really fun time. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. awesome. I do really want people to come over and visit in New Zealand so I can show them everything. And I really want to come to Australia and meet everyone that I've met sort of online as well. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll have to make that happen for yeah, sure. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to just hop straight into it, Jacinta. Um, so what is your fibre of choice and what sort of craft medium do you gravitate toward the most? Um... Knitting, knitting, and knitting. <laughs> I guess I'm a little bit obsessed with knitting. Um, I do love machine knitting, but I don't find enough time to do it. Um, I have my machine knit, my knitting machines in my space that I have in my house, but I um, yeah, I just don't find the time. So I feel a little bit sad that I always resort to the same sort of knitting. But I would love to sort of do some other mediums I do really enjoy natural dye when I was at university I did um, natural dyeing with like holistical components so using like Chinese medicines rather than um, just like plant different sort of plants which you sometimes do use plants but it was quite quite interesting so I'd love to explore that more but no for now it's just knitting 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 <laughs> and knitting <laughs> yeah yeah and um, and then in terms of fiber what's sort of your favorite fiber to work with um wool yeah just yeah. I think I'm pretty biased because 
obviously that's what my business is based around but <laughs> I do really enjoy it and I enjoy like felting and the different things that you can create with wool and like there's an amazing um, shoe brand I can't think of their name off the top of my head right now and oh then, Alberts yeah yeah it's incredible Making like no shoes yeah what you can do with um with wool it's just absolutely fascinating so mm. yeah just really enjoy wool <laughs> yeah um can you tell me a little bit about how you got interested in the felting process for making yarn like I know that all of Plump and Co's yarn is felted can you tell me about how you got there yeah I just think it's a really interesting um technology that sort of hasn't been explored enough like a lot of people um spin and then just knit with spin spun yarn so mm-hmm. um i just the felting process is just so interesting and i find it really great how when you with our felted yarns like even with our tiny felted yarns that we're playing with at the moment um you don't like stab your needle through the um like the ply when you're knitting and it's incredibly soft and you can introduce really interesting um, fibers like possum and all sorts of different mixes, alpaca and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's just an incredible technology that I just think um, I just feel like it's sort of hiding a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah, I kind of think it is because I don't know if this is naive of me, but like felting to me has this real kind of stability. Like, well, like more just that the, the, my, like when I think of felting, I don't think of cool things like Pump and Co. I think of like a little bit daggier. Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? Like exactly. I haven't seen it done in that way. Um, so I think it's cool that you're approaching this, like you're approaching making your yarn through felting. Cause that's, that seems really unique to me. Mm, well, that's what I sort of always wanted. I mean, you can easily spin like a chunky yarn on like a country spinner from, um, Ashford's but you I then go on and felt it and things like that but I mean you I mean you could actually replica the same technique with your own spinning machines old oh, spinners looms I mean no delete all that <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah like um yeah you can yeah you could do it and I just was wrecking my washing machine so that's why I was like I really need to do this on a commercial scale and yeah. So that's, and I just, I love the felted yarn. For me, it's so much easier. Like I'm not splitting my yarn in half all the time when I'm watching TV while I'm knitting rather than, Mm. um, yeah, like stabbing it through. So (laughs) it's just, I'm not getting those breaks in my yarn, which I really, really like. So yeah. yeah. Um, How did you come across felting as a technique? Was that something you learned at school? Um, I did a textile design degree at Massey in Wellington in New Zealand and I we did all sorts of different felting and things like that but I was always sort of into knitting and then in our degree we explored lots of different options of like textiles and textile mediums and things and um, yeah I just don't to be honest I just don't even know how it happened just you sort of organically things just happen it's weird like you sort of start playing with one thing you're like oh I should do this and then it just snowballs from there so yeah yeah to, complete, to be completely honest it's not like yeah this big revolutionary thing that happened I just it organically just all of a sudden it was Plum and Co was born <laughs> yeah from, from studying like 
textiles and just being interested in different different products to knit with. Like I knitted a lot with like ripped fabric and um, yeah, so that's basically what I did. Mm. Um, yeah, so I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about your experience at Massey and University there. And that's primarily because I know that I've kind of Google searched like textile courses in the past and that one's always come up and has always been one that um, seemed to have this really interesting focus on like sustainable textiles and like this really, it seemed like a really unique focus on textiles and fabrics and things like that. And I've always just been curious about it. Yeah, well, um, it's, it's a really interesting course and I like it because it's really practical like I'm a very hands-on person I just can't sit there and mm. sit in lectures and like learn heaps through lectures about fabrics I'd rather be practical and like we did a lot of um devore and discharge and natural dye machine knitting um honestly so many different things print and it was that was my favorite part is that you could be so like hands-on rather than you know sitting in a lecture room um but they also taught you about like if you were to go out and start your own textile business and you had to go and do like industry internships and things so it was yeah it was really good and it went so quick like four years I just don't even know where it flew past because you were having so much fun yeah. and um yeah it was just exciting and the people that you meet were really awesome as well because you know I'm really good friends with a lot of the people that I met at university and it's really interesting to see what we're all doing but the sad thing is that not a lot of people do end up doing textile jobs which mm. is like I ended up in a very corporate job before I like Pomp and Co was sort of born and it was really to get a release from um, looking at numbers and things all day so yeah that was where I was like oh it's funny though because so many people do go back to textiles when they've studied it and then they've gone away and done other things and they're like oh man I just wish doing things like that so yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's interesting do you think that there is potentially sort of a lack of um, employment opportunities in textiles in New Zealand um maybe I don't know because I sort of after university I was like a little bit sick of textiles as well so I was like no I'm just gonna go and try the corporate world for a bit and I ended up doing some pretty crazy jobs but um, then I was sort of always being drawn back to textiles it was a really strange thing like yeah and so then I I guess that like probably if I'm thinking about the amount of people that ended up in textile jobs it was probably only a small handful of us out of a reasonable sized mm. class but a lot of people ended up doing their own thing like a really awesome friend of mine um, started the neighborhood studio which is like a printing textile studio mm. in Wellington where you can run workshops and things mm. like that and um, yeah it's just really cool to see what other people were doing and now we're all sort of reconnecting and trying to help each other out as much as we can like I did a workshop there at the neighborhood oh, cool. studio yeah. last week and it's just awesome to be able to yeah reconnect yeah, yeah that's so nice and <laughs> um, what is your favorite part about fiber arts and then kind of within that what's one thing that you're excited about right now 
Um, it's so, so tactile. And I just, I'm such a hands-on yeah. person. I just, I'm, I get called like high res a little bit because I high res over all of the things that aren't like really hands-on and tactile. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, yeah, I find myself really going towards that. And um, I, I find if I go anywhere, I'm always touching things and like, I just love the feel, the feel mm. of it. Like, I think also, oh, I just, I don't know, I just, the tactility is just massive for me. I think that's, that's my way of, um, yeah, like I just, I don't know, I don't really know yeah. what to say. I just, yeah, just love yeah. it. I just love the tactility. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's actually, um, I think that's a really common experience and it's not necessarily something that you can express super well because it is so kind of, tactile and so uh innate in us in a lot of us um I think I feel like I experience the same thing of just like I just want to feel the fibers and it's I think it's why sometimes it's hard to kind of um like purchase something online because you're like wait but I I want to feel it yeah exactly Yeah, yeah exactly exactly and I find that I get emails like every day saying where can I go and touch your yarn and where can I you know have a play with it and I find that I sell through my workshops a lot more because people are like, wow, they're just infected by the like tactility, the excitement and your passion as well mm. when you're talking. And it's, yeah, it's really, really yeah. interesting. Um, and that's what I love. That's why I love the workshops because I can be tactile. I can like engage with the people. I can get the direct feedback from them about what I can improve on and what they want to see and, um, what the, what sort of yarns they like better because you know we have the the giant one ply and the giant two ply but some days I'm like oh one ply is my favorite and then some days I'm like oh no definitely two ply and it's really interesting to see like what they sort of go more for but it's a real tie it's never sort of um, one's more than the favorite than the other so yeah and I guess my excitement in the fiber world right now is really felt in yarns because yeah. <laughs> for me it's unique and it's different and I just love it. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, can you not to of... be biased? Yeah, no. <laughs> I think that's fair enough. We're all going to be biased towards what we're working with. Yeah. And <laughs> um, can you kind of walk me through how it was that Plump and Co went from inception to? thing <laughs> oh like, when you I, I know like you know an abbreviated version <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um just kind of yeah just kind of how how the thought came to be and I know you were saying it that, um when we were talking earlier that it was kind of just um a little bit just felt really organic to you but if you can remember kind of where that thought maybe even came from and then how you kind of got to the point where it is now I feel like that could be really interesting yeah well when we when I was at university we did a paper called textile art and um at the time I was also experimenting with taxidermy and pests and so I wanted to combine knitting and taxidermy and so I knitted this gigantic piece out of ripped fabric and I knitted them on 25 mil needles which was like so big back then and I knitted this giant piece by hand and it was literally like had to slide something else on it to hold it um and then I ripped all the fabric and like tied it together and made this giant piece. And then I filled it with polyurethane foam, which is what a part of the process of taxidermy. Yeah. And I 
just like yeah and then I pulled the fabric off it and it just made this amazing um, off the polyurethane foam and sort of opened it up and then had the big polyurethane foam piece underneath and it was so interesting like I, I was like addicted to the giant knitting that I just did but then I was like wow look at this tactile piece of um, foam that I've just created out of this knitting and then I've always sort of loved large scale knitting because I'm so impatient so I'm like oh I just want to quickly knit something up I'm just <laughs> such a like I want quick results I don't want to mess around and be there for ages and I find that if I have um lots of small knitting projects there's lots of half projects on the go and so I was really like just moving more and more towards giant knitting and then it just more and more grew from there and I started knitting with all sorts of different materials like the ripped the ripped fabric because it was thick and big and because I would sort of make it the the wider thickness when I was ripping it and then I sort of played around with roving and things like that but for me it was um really important for it for it to be a sustainable product so like um then belting the roving after I'd knitted it and then I was like well no I want to go that one step further and I'll spin it myself and then um felt it so I would felt it in my washing machine and I'd get a lot better result it was more like a thick thick jumbo yarn and then it sort of organically grew into me trying to source for a long time where I could get it made and really important for me to make it in New Zealand yeah. um, and support the local mills because there's so many in, closing down and it's really sad so I really wanted to push on that and so I just started talking more and more to people and sort of found a farm that I could source it from source the wool from and then I had to find the next part of the process and yeah, it just organically grew and for me I always wanted it to be about um, knitting for the people and like a community based um, not being like oh, I'm creating all these amazing things. I wanted other people to feel the warm fuzzy feeling from creating amazing things and really share that with everyone. Mm. So because I, yeah, I don't know, I just that was for me was really important was the community factor of it and getting lots of different generations of knitters involved and I know that me being a really impatient knitter <laughs> totally there's a lot of people out there like that as well and they want that instant gratification so and that's just grew and grew and I was working in my corporate job and I was doing this on the side and then I was just like you know what I'm just going to quit <laughs> and I'm so lucky to have a husband who was able to support me <laughs> and my crazy schizophrenic ideas um, and a lot of it actually came out of determined my husband always jokes to me that um, doing an arts degree is not always the best degree <laughs> so I said to him well I'm going to prove you wrong that I can make a successful business out of a textile degree <laughs> and so that also became a really big driving factor <laughs> <laughs> and that's but then again I have him to thank for meeting the wonderful Talia who is part of Plump & Co now because both of our engineer husbands um, put two and two together that both of their wives love fabrics and textiles yeah. and um yeah so and that's how we met and we're just attached at the hip and like I just don't even feel like I could be Plump and Co without her now so oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really good to have her support and um 
she's like superwoman. She has three kittens under five. Well, I kids. Sorry, I call them kittens because we're both cat crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, she's amazing and still manages to fit everything pump and go in. So yeah, yeah, and that's where we are today. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thank you for running me through that. Sorry to, <laughs> to just give you that question. Be like, tell me the history. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's really great. It's um, it's I like hearing how different people have approached turning something that they were just really interested in into something that's more of a business. And something I'm really interested in is is finding out how people took that hobby or that thing that they liked doing and then turned it into a business and what was sort of driving them along the way and how they keep motivated. Um, can you elaborate more for me? Because I know you're talking about like the community focus drives you, having a, a business partner on with you kind of drives you. Can you tell me more about how you stay motivated? <laughs> to be honest, that has not been a box of fluffies at all. Yeah. Um, that's, I honestly feel like I'm on this extreme yo-yo mm. every day. Like one day I'll be like, a magazine wants to do a feature on me I've got all these famous people contacting me which aren't even that famous and I, <laughs> then I'm like oh and then the next day oh this person's done this and comparison's the worst thing ever and I just see something and I'm like oh no I'm I'm not cool I'm not as cool as them or <laughs> like comparison is honestly my worst nightmare and that has been the biggest challenge in my business um I just really struggle with that, mm. to be honest. Like, I just try and avoid it like the plague, but I and set myself boundaries, but I'm the worst, the mm. worst person ever for comparison. And I guess the more and more my business grows, um, I am starting to feel less scared. But then I also find that Talia really, like, helps me because we can just be like, oh, this happened and then you know like we can say that to each other and I I just I hate I don't really like saying bad things about people and so yeah I just really struggle because I just beat myself up and Mm. things like that but um yeah it's it's not been an easy journey (laughs) and I just can't even remember my, all the question anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> no I just, like, got lost in my comparison world. No, no, just, um, no, thank you for sharing. I think, I think it's, um, I think it's important that we talk about the realities of owning businesses and taking these journeys that aren't stable and aren't always, like, the, the path forward isn't always clear or simple. And like you say, like, especially in the world of kind of social media and, you know, internet, and as amazing as it is for connecting with people, it's also, like, a terrible black hole (laughs) for comparing yourself to every other person in the world and feeling like you're not doing enough. Um, So I always appreciate when people are willing to to talk about that reality because I just think it's important that we acknowledge that it's there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Us creative people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I mean it was I started off sort of doing markets as like a hobby and that's where it that's where I found it really good to get the the direct feedback from the customer and then it sort of just grew I remember me I met so many amazing people doing markets like that was probably the best thing ever and then one of them sort of talked me into doing like a like a proper retail gift fair and that's where I met like another group of people and it's sort of just like that's what builds 
your business, the different steps that you, like baby steps that you take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do want it to be a really awesome, sustainable business so I can do it forever. But some days I just want to throw on the towel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm, the next day I'll be like, oh, just kidding. I'm really happy today. Like all these great things have happened. So yeah, yeah I guess turning your hobby into a business is a real, you almost like don't even really know. It just, for me, organically things have just happened. Like I don't really... Oh, I don't even know how it, like, at what point it became, like, because you think it's a business when you very first start when it's a hobby, because you're like, yeah, I've had people come and talk to me about my yarn, but it, you're not selling anything, yeah. you're just, like, <laughs> yeah. showing them, yeah. so, yeah, it's it's hard, like, when, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's no, like definitive date where you were no. like this is a business yeah yeah totally. today's a business yeah. maybe when I became GST registered it felt more real but yeah 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 uh, I still it just still feels like I'm I don't, I don't even feel like I have a job to be honest like mm. I just wake up and I'm like la 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 like <laughs> well, you know and do my little things that I do I always start my day with a um coffee with my friends so mm. that we can just gossip and talk about non- business related things and then I come home and sit back at my desk and I always do that really early in the morning so I start my day I find that I'm the most admin productive in the morning and then super creative in the afternoon and then I get more and more crazy as it goes throughout the day (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah, that's nice I think it's good to be to be able to recognize how your sort of creative brain works and then be able Mm -hmm. to kind of harness that and start working in a way that that suits like actually suits you instead of what we're kind of pigeonholed into most of the time of like oh you need to be at work at nine and then you need yeah. to stay until five <laughs> you know at five you're like ravenous and you need to go yeah. get something <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I just I don't even really have a structure like I find yeah. that I get really distracted easily and so I'll be like oh I'm gonna go look at this or I'm gonna go do this or I'm just gonna go and visit this person mm. because I find that yeah, I really enjoy, like, this amazing group of people that I've met in Hamilton that are, you know, small business owners and got different types of businesses, and I just like going and pestering them and just talking about what's today's first world problems in your own business, and, like, yeah. you know, it's ridiculous, but I just, I do find myself getting a bit lost sometimes, and then I'm like, oh, no, I've got a million emails, and then I'll be up till, like, one o'clock in the morning, because <laughs> I'm like battling a list of emails that I'm still trying to reply to oh yes um but yeah as I've grown as a business I've become more and more structured (laughs) yeah 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 I'm sure it just comes with time (laughs) yeah Yeah. um what's sort of the biggest bit of advice that you have for someone who's just starting out with fiber arts and that can be business related or just someone who's like maybe they've just discovered felted yarn for the first time and they're just really stoked on it what would you say to them (laughs) Um, I always sort of, I mean, I don't feel like I'm experienced enough to give anyone advice, but I feel like I'm a real go-getter. So like I sort of recently had a friend that was talking about how unhappy she was in her job and it was the worst and she hated, hated what her life was. And I was like, well, just quit just quit your job like who cares like what's the worst that can happen you just go and find another job so I've always sort of 
say to my friends, just stop talking about it and just go and do it. Yeah. <laughs> like stop beating around the bush. <laughs> and I guess that that's one of my real strengths is that I will just do it. I just won't. I've got to try it. I'll just do it. I won't mm. talk about it for ages. I'll just, yeah, push myself and sort of put myself in an uncomfortable position to see what happens. Um, I guess I'm really lucky because I don't, have kids so I can sort of explore different options unlike some people have kids and different things like that so it would make it really tricky for them to sort of push themselves into you know doing something but no I just think just do it just don't even talk about it just do it yeah (laughs) just start (laughs) yeah yeah I think that's um I think that's solid advice that a few people have kind of have kind of offered up on the podcast like just do it just start <laughs> just start somewhere see what there's happens never go- there's never going to be a good time ever, no. ever, yeah. Ever. <laughs> yeah never ne- there will never be a perfect time right there's there's just going to be a time and you have to just do it <laughs> yeah I think also um I find that like I also think you know you really have to decide if you're going to stay in your job there's a point in time when you're going to stay in your job or you're going to do it part-time forever and you can never I knew I found that I really just couldn't grow when I was still doing another job at the same time yeah um so that's for me it's like that's one thing that I found really important is deciding when you're like cut off time is that you're like okay this is my full-time job now Mm. (laughs) forget about the part-time stuff even though that's your pocket money for your coffees and things well for me that was really important yeah yeah. (laughs) afford a coffee every day yeah 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 just to to cut out that stability and jump (laughs) yeah I can always I can always have an instant coffee (laughs) there it is yeah no a coffee is important (laughs) (laughs) not that I should promote it so much but I just love it yeah so it's that's my one thing like every day I just have my my time and I have a coffee (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) ritual it's rituals are good (laughs) yeah (laughs) um cool well who do you think we should be following in the fiber arts world um, my ultimate fave is, um, Nikki Gabrielle and oh, yeah. she is, uh, she's Australian, but she lives in New Zealand and Australia, I think on sort of on and off, mm. but she is incredible. I find that she's probably, I feel a bit geeky saying that my biggest inspiration, <laughs> like yeah. I just think she is so talented when it comes to knitwear design and, um, yeah, I almost, and I feel like she, she really had the, the chunky thing going for a while, like, with her yarns and things like that, and she had beautiful needles that she made, and she's just, but she's so so talented. I just don't even know how to describe it. You have to go and see her yeah. work. It's yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And um, some others that I'm really big fans of at the moment is actually yourself (laughs) I just (laughs) I just really really think your images are beautiful and Mm. I just love the the natural dye elements and I just you know emailing each other we've had really good conversations and I just really admire you (laughs) I wanted to give you a bit of credit (laughs) and then some others that I sort of really um really find quite beautiful well one was already mentioned on one of the last podcasts 
So, so I thought I'd mention some other ones. So Forever Farmhouse is an Instagram um, like friend, I feel, on, and she's incredibly talented. I hope it's okay if I mention a few because I have. Of a course, few no, please do. <laughs> this is my this is one of my favorite parts because everybody yeah. has such a different social network, and I love being able to find more people. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> please yeah. go right ahead. And I also really, really like um, a friend that I've made on Instagram, also called Little Loon. She's really beautiful, and the lovely piece that you can see in the back is from her, yeah. and um, it hangs on my wall very proudly. Oh, cute. <laughs> so yeah, and it's amazing how you're sort of yarn swapping. You can meet these incredible people, and like you see what they 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 do, and then you can send them stuff and be like, "Wow, you should try this." Or, mm-hmm. um, and absolutely like mesmerized by wall days who is obviously very new and you know <laughs> and um just absolute like the branding is out of this world like it's absolutely beautiful so I feel like yeah Megan's done a very very good job yeah <laughs> and, yeah and um I just think yeah, the whole world should know about her so yeah yeah I know yeah um Jacinta and I were talking about Megan <laughs> sorry Megan <laughs> um <laughs> And wool days before the pot before we started recording, and we were both just decided that we're either taking Megan and going to New Zealand to visit Jacinta, or we're going to go visit <laughs> Megan in yeah. Victoria because this <laughs> is too unreal. These there's too many amazing knitters and too many amazing brands that are popping up in the world, and we got to go see them all. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's really important as well. Like I you know meeting all these wonderful people that you meet through social media and. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just awesome to to see what people are doing. But I definitely think that these are some very great people to check out. And I've become very um, friendly with some some of them online. So it's yeah. just good. Yeah, yeah, it's so lovely. Yeah, awesome. Um, we will have links to all of those folks in the show notes, uh, which are on the website closeknit.com.au slash podcast. Um, yeah, great. Jacinta, was there anything else that you wanted to add? <laughs> no, I'm so embarrassed talking. <laughs> no, it's perfect. I just, I just, yeah, no, let's, no, I think that's, that's it. No, it's very good. Wonderful. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. No, thank you so much for having me. I feel mm-hmm. so privileged to be oh, a part thanks. of it. No, thanks for being here. <laughs> Cheers. You've just listened to episode 14 of the Close Knit Podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider reviewing and rating it on iTunes to help us spread the word to more people in the fiber community. The show notes for this episode and all the previous episodes can be found on my website, closeknit.com.au slash podcast. Till next time.